TheWellnessCouch.com, streaming wellness into your lives. Sit back, light the fire, kick your shoes off, because it's time for That Paleo Show with your favorite caveman, Brett Hill. Welcome to That Paleo Show, making the paleo lifestyle easy and accessible for everyone. I'm Dr. Brett Hill, and this week I'm joined by Ashley Van Houten. She's a writer and editor who divides her time between Ottawa, Canada, and New York. She's a Primal Blueprint certified expert and has a CrossFit strongman and Olympic lifting certifications. In her spare time, which it doesn't sound like there's much, she's a nationally qualified natural figure competitor and also trains in powerlifting and Brazilian jiu-jitsu. So I'm going to have to be nice to Ashley on this podcast, I reckon. (laughs) Welcome to the show, Ashley. Thanks for having me, Brett. uh, I'm happy to be here. Oh, it's great. You've got so much stuff here because you're working, you know, doing all of those things and the Paleo Magazine, the Paleo Magazine podcast. Um, there's a laundry list of stuff that you do, Ashley. Well, you know, bios always make you sound good, right? So I, I put <laughs> everything good in there so I sound really impressive. But, you know, it's 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 pretty good gig I've got. You're doing a good job of it. You're doing a good job of it. So what got you so interested in paleo and exercise? Because it seems like those are your two big passions from that bio. Yeah, so I mean, I've there really isn't like a cool aha moment for me necessarily. I've always been into working out and and sports and being athletic. I, I was never really one for team sports so much. I played with that a little bit in in junior high and high school, but I always like to work out. I like to be in the gym. I'm kind of just a very natural meathead. I, I um, gravitate towards that kind of thing with the, the powerlifting. And then, of course, I found my way to CrossFit, as so many people do, and was enjoying that. And then, you know, as you start to get older, you know, out of your 20s, where you actually realize that you have to start paying attention to your health and taking care of yourself, um, through the CrossFit channels, I kind of found uh, out about paleo and started researching and learning a little bit. And it just kind of made sense to me. It wasn't, you know, I've never really dieted. I was never somebody who was into that kind of fad, like what's the latest hot thing that's going to make you skinny. It just sounded like something that was common sense, that made sense. And when I started to eat that way, I felt good um, and, and it made sense. So, um, And I got connected with Paleo Magazine because I was doing my master's degree in communications and one of my classes was on publishing. And, uh, and I was supposed to do sort of a case study on a magazine. And this was when I was just getting into paleo and I knew about this magazine, which this was, oh, I don't know, six or seven years ago now. Um, so the magazine was a little bit smaller maybe at that time. And, uh, I reached out to Kane, the editor and said, you know, I really like your magazine and I'm doing this case study. Would you, you know, talk to me a little bit? And he very generously offered to do that. And so I worked with him a little bit on that. And then I, I, that kind of just opened up the, the communications floodgate between the two of us. And and I remember a little bit later, um, there was a a paleo um, restaurant opening up in New York and he was looking for someone to write about it. And I was in New York and I reached out and said, hey, remember me? And the rest is history. I've slowly kind of won him over and he's let me write a bunch of stuff and then become the host of the podcast. And it's been it's been an awesome journey. Oh, actually, I don't know how you ended up a host of a podcast show. It seems like you're not very good at talking. You don't like to talk much. Yeah, right, right. Yeah, I do <laughs> I do like to talk, I got to say. This is, that's why this is like a perfect gig. I like to listen and I like to learn, but I, I like to talk too, so it works out well. <laughs> perfect. That's great. And, you know, you said you're getting a little bit older, Ashley. You got to, like, give me a bit of a break there because I'm pretty sure you're way younger than me. And, uh, well, you're not, you don't look like you're getting too old here, Ashley. 
Yeah, you're only as old as you feel, right? That's what I keep telling myself every year. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You're just trying to ignore yeah. those birthdays as they slip by. Um, yep. So what what was it that drove you towards lifting and uh, and I guess uh, strength training initially because you know it's always seen as I guess such a guy's activity um, which is totally not true there there are so many girls out there probably yourself included who can lift way more than me and are way better at it than me so it, it's definitely not a guy's only activity but it is seen in that respect what was it that drew you in that direction Yeah you know I really don't know I've always as from for as long as I can remember, I've always liked muscles on men and women. And I've always liked the idea of being strong. And I think maybe there was some I'd like to say it's because I grew up with a bunch of brothers, but I had brothers and sisters like I I don't know, I I didn't like fight or do anything when I was a kid. Like I had no real reason to try to be macho, but I just kind of was into it always. So I liked I liked the idea of being strong and being stronger than other people. Um, And like I said, I always was kind of really, um, really drawn to individual sports where um, I've said this before and I hope I don't sound like a jerk when I say this but something about individual sports it's like all the responsibility is on you but all the glory is too right so you don't have to rely on a team you also don't have to worry about a team relying on you and if you mess up that's 100% your fault um, but if you do great that's that's you too so I, I don't know there was just something about that that kind of thing that always appealed to me I went to the gym I started going to the gym and you know doing bicep curls and <laughs> what people do when they're you know when I was 16 and there weren't a whole lot of other girls doing it at the time but I also never felt like um, I wasn't welcome or I shouldn't be there I've never really had anybody say this isn't something that's that's feminine I, I guess because I, I hang in the right circles with people who who support that kind of thing um, and you know every once in a while you'll get somebody who wants to give you their opinion about what a woman should look like or do but it really kind of doesn't phase me because that's going to happen no matter no matter where you are what you're doing so um, yeah and I just I just really like the um, I like the endorphins I like how it makes you feel I just I really I like to lift and I like to do all those things and I'm just going to keep doing it as long as I can nice I like that actually it sounds like a combination of you like the feeling of having you know being strong and having muscles but you also like to be at the gym with the strong muscly guys who are sweating it out and working as well <laughs> yeah well there's nothing wrong with that I mean guys <laughs> Muscles, period. I think it's good. It just muscle makes you feel better and makes you healthier and makes everything else work better. And and of course, again, now that I'm, I keep saying this like I'm an old lady, but as I get older, it's like a <laughs> functional thing too, right? It's like being able to use your body for um, realistic and important movement. And I, I always tell people, so I work with, with um, I have, you know, I do a, a little bit of coaching and I have some clients and they're, they're, exclusively women it doesn't have to be that way it's just the way it ends up and uh and convincing them to do certain kinds of workouts or movements or even knowing that that kind of stuff is possible and that's one of the things that that crossfit was so great about was teaching people that of course women can do pull-ups and of course women can deadlift twice their body weight we're capable of doing that if we train the way that men have always trained to do those things um so and i think it's important like it's great to look a certain way and it's great to play fun sports and do things that look cool on Instagram, but it's also great to be able to lift bags out of your car and to be able to pull yourself off a ledge if you fall. Like it's, you know, functional fitness I think is very, very important and um, it's fun to train those things too. 
Yeah, absolutely. And it is so important. And like you said, it's so normal and natural and required if you want to be able to you know, look after yourself and participate in your daily life and, and continue to do that as you get older. But I guess particularly for girls, you know, lifting has been something that many girls have shied away from, you know, either because they didn't feel like, as you said, they didn't feel like it was a feminine thing. Uh, maybe some of them felt like or had been told that it wasn't something they were capable of doing. Um, and then others seem to be concerned that they're going to end up this great big massive ball of muscle and not look feminine and, and you know, not look the way they're going to want to look as well. So it, what, yeah. what, do you, what do you say to those girls? Oh, man. I, I like to think that that's changing, and I do think it is. It I mean, is, if you definitely. just walk into any Globo gym, you'll see a lot of women in there, and they're squatting, and they're benching, and they're doing all these things. So I like to think that that's changing. But yeah, I still, I absolutely still have friends that come to me and say, like, help me out. I, I, I don't want to get too, I just want to look toned. And, you know, and I've had, I've had strangers come up to me in the gym and say, like, what are you doing? Because, you know, I need some help, and I just don't want to get too bulky. And I usually say am I too bulky? Like you came up to me because obviously you thought I knew what I was doing, right? Do I look too bulky to you? You can be honest. And they're like, no, no, you don't look too bulky. And I'm like, I'm trying as hard as I can to get big muscles. And this is the outcome. So if you put a little extra effort in and lift some heavy weights, you're probably not going to turn into the Hulk. Like it's, I'm trying to, and I can't. So there's, there's that. Um, but I think people just need to, tr- to give it a try, right? Like they, they, it's a little bit of education. It's like, there's no such thing as, as muscle or workouts that just make you toned. It's about finding the balance between body fat and, and muscle gain, right? That's what it is. Um, but I think just giving it a chance, like allowing yourself to go in and find the kind of workouts that you enjoy and the ones that you like and, and building a little bit of healthy muscle and people, they see it for themselves and they, they learn pretty quick too, that they're not going to turn into Arnold Schwarzenegger anytime soon. So I no, think I- it's changed. Exactly. I mean, I do CrossFit as well, Ashley. And, you know, I look at the girls at the CrossFit gym and they are so capable of doing so much stuff and lifting heavy stuff. And as I said, often well outperforming me uh, and they don't. They're, they're not big, bulky girls. You know, they're, they're fit and lean and toned and they, they look incredible. And, uh, you know... But they're, they're so capable, and I love that. So, you know, as you said before, there, there does seem to be a movement now. It, it definitely has become a lot more acceptable and a lot more of the norm within even just the last sort of five or ten years, it seems. Um, and, you know, you see the hashtags of, you know, girls who lift and all those sort of things. What do you think's driven that movement in that last, you know, perhaps decade or so? That's a good question. I mean, I think that things go in and out of trend and body types go in and out of trend. And um, I think right now we're just seeing we're seeing a combination of women feeling empowered to do what they want to do. And also just honestly, um, an online trend of people appreciating muscle and liking that look. And I mean, you know, bottom line, if you show your butt on Instagram. It doesn't matter if you have a lot of muscle or a little people like to look at that. So there's, there's that element (laughs) too. Um, but I think it's, I think it's, um, one of the cool things that I'm seeing in sort of the fitness wellness industry period. And also within the nutrition side is people starting to learn a little bit that health and wellness is very individual to the person and it means different things to different people. And so, you know, I went through a period where I thought everybody should be doing CrossFit or everybody should be lifting as heavy as they, as they can, but not everybody wants to do that. Not everybody wants to gain muscle or not everybody wants to show off how strong they are. And some people like a a calmer experience or they like a class where they hang out with other people. And, and, you know, the same goes for eating. Like there, there are certain high level guidelines that I think 
physiologically makes sense for human beings to eat. But within that framework, there is a lot of room for variation depending on what your goals are, what your personal challenges or interests or tastes are. Um, and I think that people are starting to pick up that there isn't like one rule, like girls should do Pilates and eat salads and guys should lift weights and eat steak. It's like there's there's a whole range in there. of You can pick and choose and do what works for you. And I think that's part of the fun. And that's what I love about my job is experimenting and, and trying different things and seeing what works for you and seeing how your body responds. Like I, I think that's so much fun. Yeah, absolutely. I think that's great. And I think the idea that, you know, guys and girls can do whatever they want is definitely a big part of that driver of that movement and, and sort of the breakdown of some of those stereotypes, I think, is really important. Uh, and when you talk about, you know, being able to experiment and see the benefits, you know, let's talk a little bit about the benefits of doing some more resistance exercise for guys and girls. Um, you know, obviously, there's the obvious benefits in terms of body composition, uh, but it also has effects on things like metabolism, on the inflammatory process, and, you know, all sorts of other things as well. Can you talk on some of those other benefits a little bit, Ashley? Well, it's funny that you mentioned the inflammation part because that's something that I'm kind of actively working on um, because, you know, my my basic background and my like bread and butter exercise wise is um, resistance work and, and lifting weights and, and even bodybuilding style workouts mixed with like CrossFit style workouts. And um, that does create a lot of inflammation when you're working hard and you're constantly breaking down your muscles um, to build them back up again. And one of the big pieces of that that I'm working on is the recovery part too. Um, so that's something that's like a constant work in progress for me because, <laughs> and I know you, you're probably like this, probably a lot of listeners are like this when you like to work out and it's, it's what, you know, um, it's meditative for you. It's fun for you. All of these things like you, you sometimes do it too much. Um, so I know that's not answering your question, but that's another thing that's kind of like, that's like heavy on my mind right now. But, I, I don't um, have that problem. Actually. I really don't. Of working out too much? <laughs> nah, nah. I, I don't love working out. Like, I, I, I enjoy going to CrossFit and I enjoy the environment and I enjoy the camaraderie. And I really, I love how I feel after. Um, but in terms of the actual workout, I really don't love it. I've got to be honest. Really? Okay. Well, that's... That's kind of cool. I mean, because most people are like, oh, I just I love to work out. And that's all I want. I mean, that's for me, I think it's because again, like I said, it's very meditative for me because I have a really hard time. And this is very big in the health and wellness world right now, too, is this meditation yeah. practice, having this as a daily thing. And I have such a hard time with it. And I struggle so much. And I try on and off and half heartedly. And I get all these apps and I try all this stuff and I have like, I just have, it's so painful for me to sit down and be quiet and breathe for 10 to 15 to 20 minutes. It's painful. Probably the same way that a lot of people feel when they walk into a gym and they're like, Oh, I know this is good for me, but Oh man, I don't want to do this. And so finding that, that thing that works for you, like when I'm doing a hard workout, I'm not thinking about anything else. My brain for once is kind of quiet and I'm not stressed or I'm not thinking about what happened or what's going to happen. Or, you know, I'm just thinking about I'm inside my body. And I think that's what meditation is. It's being present and, and aware of your body in that moment. Right. And that's, that's what I have a very hard time with, with traditional meditation. And so I, I tend to do that in the gym. Um, so it's like two birds with one stone, but I, I do want to kind of work on, on trying to find that sort of peace of mind outside of the gym too, because you don't want to be stuck in the gym 
trying to do that all the time. I don't yeah. know. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, it's fascinating as you describe that because I'm thinking, you know, actually when I get to that state is more when I do longer stuff. So if I go for a run or go and play cricket, which is probably mm-hmm. what like, naturally my body, I'm better at doing those things. Like that's what comes easier to me. Um, that's probably where I do get more of that sense of ease and of peace. But but I also recognize that in terms of the impact it has on the rest of my life and you know the, the time when I'm not actually exercising, doing that more high intensity stuff um, does you know have significant benefits that make it worthwhile for me and make me want to do it as well. So it's, it's interesting how we just sort of wired differently and we think differently about yeah. different sorts of exercise because I know most people at my CrossFit gym, you know, even when there's like a 400 meter run comes on the board, they're like, oh no, no. Run. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, really? 400 meters? Like you're not even getting started, you know? So it, yeah. it's funny how we just have these different mindsets around different types of exercise. Yeah, but that's kind of what's cool. Like, I think it's cool to, and that's, again, why I like to try different things and why I like to not get too, too um, comfortable in any one spot because it's nice to hear other people's points of view, how other people learn from different kind of workouts or exercises, try them yourself. Like, I have run two marathons. I am not a runner, naturally. My body is not made for it. I'm not particularly good at it, Um, but I set a goal that I wanted to try and train and learn from it. Um, and I did it with, um, I did both of the marathons with my stepdad who was a runner and, um, it was something fun that we wanted to do together. And, um, I suck at running and I didn't get any better (laughs) from training from those things, but I learned from it and I feel like I'm stronger because I did those things. Um, and you know, I, I go into a yoga class once a month. It's painful, but I do it because I I want to learn and I want to, feel better and I want to have mobility and like I try Pilates classes and I try other exercise classes and I do my jujitsu and then just last month I did a, a one month pretty intensive stint of boxing training because I love I love any kind of like fighting mixed martial arts any of that kind of stuff and um you know I feel like I miss my calling if I started when I was like 12 I'd be in the UFC right now that's what I like to tell myself but um I love that kind of stuff and I like learning a skill at the same time as working out um and yeah, I just like trying all these different things. Some of them aren't going to stick and you're maybe aren't going to be too good at some of them or enjoy some of them, but you don't know until you try. And that's, that's like the fun part of it. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that's such an important point for people out there is to realize that just because you don't like one type of exercise doesn't mean you don't like exercise or it doesn't mean you can't exercise. It's, you know, people are often so focused on what they think they should do that they forget yeah. to figure out what they actually like to do and what works absolutely. for them. Absolutely. You don't even have to call it exercise. It's movement. Like some people are like, oh, I'm not cut out for working out or I'm not the working out gym type. And it's like, yeah, that's cool. There's a billion other things you can do. And your body, whether you like it or not, or whether you feel fit or not, your body was absolutely meant to move. And if that just means walking in the park every day, that's awesome. And that's very natural and what your body should be doing. And I tell you, and I even tell all of my clients, the people that I'm coaching, like the best thing anybody can do for themselves movement wise is to walk a lot. I don't care how fit you are, or if you're already an athlete, like a high level athlete, everybody should be walking as much as they can. 
So Nice. I love that. It is. It's just about getting moving. So, look, we've spoken yep. a lot about the fitness, but as we said before, you know, you started doing all this fitness and getting into your CrossFit. Uh, you noticed you were getting a bit of inflammation. Obviously, you were getting really, really old, and so you started yeah. thinking that you had to start doing something about your diet, uh, which yeah. is when you started thinking about transitioning into a paleo diet. So, was it through your CrossFit gym that you first heard about the paleo diet? Yeah, well, it was actually my husband who has basically introduced me to everything good, CrossFit, um, paleo, like every cool workout or food thing. Like he he told me about it first and then I go and run with it. So I have to give him credit for that. <laughs> um, but uh, I, it's funny because I come from a very privileged position of not really having any food sensitivities. Like, and I've even done... Um, like gen the genetic DNA testing where I have the, uh, I have the special thing where I can, I can, um, digest dairy like into adulthood. Like I'm one of those lucky people and I can eat gluten without any major issues, except that I, I mean, I don't feel great, I guess. And I eventually get fat if I eat too much of it, but it doesn't really affect me. Um, so I, I, I sometimes complain that I'm like, man, I kind of wish that I couldn't eat some of these things cause it would be easier to turn it down. Um, but I know from, from years of playing with this stuff and experience, experimenting and figuring out what works that eating the best quality kind of animal protein and vegetables and fat and all of that good natural unprocessed stuff makes me feel the best. Um, and I've always gravitated even before I knew anything about nutrition. I was always like a carnivore. I was a big meat eater and I really like the sort of the, um, the gamier and like the gnarlier food, the better. Like I always liked <laughs> oysters and I always liked, um, you know, like just gamey kind of wild game, um, and like organ meat and all that good stuff that most people are kind of grossed out by. Like people <laughs> on my, people follow me on Instagram and are just like horrified. Cause I'm like cooking up hearts and livers and all kinds of weird stuff. But I mean, people forget, I think we're so, we're so, um, set apart from our food these days and what, what it really is and what it means and what's, what's really healthy. I mean, back in the day, hunters would hunt animals and they'd kill them and they would cut out the organs for themselves and they'd feed the muscle meat to their dogs. Like the muscle meat is protein. That's it. But it's all that good, the guts inside that have all the nutrients and minerals and all the like really, really healthy stuff. And that's the stuff that tastes like something. Um, so yeah, I mean, I'm, I've always been a big fan of that stuff. So paleo was not a big leap for me at all. Yeah, it doesn't sound like it fits in with your personality at all, Ashley. Like just... <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> just, so... just benching and eating liver all day, that's me. <laughs> so, so when you started to make the switch, obviously it sounds like it wasn't much of a switch for you to go paleo, but did you notice any changes or were there any challenges with it? I mean, I'll tell you right now that despite all of this like macho stuff I'm talking, I have like the biggest sweet tooth in the world and I love me some sugar and I love baked goods and sweets and chocolate and all of those things. And I, I certainly crave it less when I'm eating a really clean diet, but it's something that I struggle with and probably will always struggle with. Um, because I love, I love sweets. Like I would give up pizza and chips and all that salty stuff for the rest of my life. If I could just eat you know, cookies with abandon. <laughs> I'll be honest. But you know, you, you find ways around, you know, you find healthier versions. And you also I think one of the big things for me, and I'm still trying to come to terms with it. And I tell this to my clients too. 
you have to live a sustainable life and you have to enjoy yourself. And so there's moderation involved here always. There's also a realization that you are an adult and you don't quote unquote deserve junk food as a reward because you were good and you don't deserve a treat just because it's there. And like, you're an adult, like you shouldn't be eating pop tarts for breakfast and cookies every night while you watch movies just because it's there and because it tastes good. Like you need to take care of your body and eat real food and have those treats when you want them and when it makes sense and when it makes you feel good. But that mindless sort of comfort eating, and I speak from a lot of experience, so I'm not I'm not judging people because I, I've been there and I'm there all the time. Um, but that kind of using it as a crutch or as a distraction, that's, that's when it isn't good. Um, cookies are good, but using them in the wrong way, it's, it's not good. So I think, and I think it takes a little bit of discipline and it takes sometimes being, um, a little strict with yourself to kind of get into that groove and know what it feels like to be eating food that's good for your body. And then when you can find out what moderation means to you, maybe it means never having that stuff in your house, but having, you know, one night a week where you go out and treat yourself. Maybe it means that you have a little piece of chocolate every day because you can and it makes you feel good. I don't know, but it's finding what works for you. But but just knowing that food is supposed to be real and it's supposed to nourish you. It's not supposed to be a treat and like this guilty, like bad thing that you do every day to like, Oh, I'm being so bad. So I'm gonna have a donut. Like that's, that's not like the ideal way to kind of approach your food in my opinion. Yeah, absolutely. And I think you're so right about figuring out what works for you. Like I think people are often surprised with me where if they, you know, if they put something down in front of me, that's not paleo, every, there's every chance I'll hoe into it. You know, like my discipline, my discipline doesn't exist at the level of eating the food. Like my discipline exists at the level of the supermarket or the markets where like I will happily go there and buy the stuff that I know is good for me. And then when I get home, I'm too lazy to go and get anything else. So I'll just eat that healthy stuff. And that's what works for me. Right. And so it's a matter of, like you said, figuring out what works for you and and how you can implement this sort of lifestyle in as, as stress-free way as possible. Absolutely. And that's, you know, and some people too, I've had some people kind of argue with me a little bit that I think in some cases, completely abstaining from certain things is the better way to go. And a lot of people, people who've grown up with the standard American diet mindset say like, that's, that's so dysfunctional to say that you could never have a piece of cake again. But for some people, it's really addictive. And it's really, um, really, upsetting and 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 it can mess up their entire kind of life it's like you eat one piece and then you're like you finish the cake you don't even know what happened um and so in some cases it's like picking your battles you know you can you can allow some things in your life that you can control and that make you feel good but some things maybe need to be cut out for good i mean you don't need those things you don't need those things to live so it's about like you said it's just about figuring that out for yourself um through some trial and error and it takes a while or else we'd all we'd all be perfect you know perfect healthy specimens with abs at the age of 21 and forever if it was easy so yeah absolutely i mean you know in many ways our ancestors had it good because you know the the hunter-gatherers they didn't have a choice you know they only had what was available to them they didn't have to decide not to eat the pop tarts you know they they just didn't have them which is great oh yeah hey um i'm curious about your uh your heritage and your lineage because you did those that dna testing and obviously showed up that you were better are able to deal with um, with milk and with uh, grains and wheat and those sort of things. Did, did it show up anything about where perhaps your heritage was from or do you know anything from your family history of, of sort of where your people came from originally and why that may have been the case? 
you know, I should have brought this, I should have brought it up because I, all I remember from the 23andMe one specifically is that I was like a real mutt of a bunch of like weird stuff. <laughs> so <laughs> it was a bunch of weird stuff. But interestingly, one thing that was really funny was it, um, it told me that I have, and I think it was like 3.5 or 4% or something, Neanderthal DNA, which is like, <laughs> I puts me in like the, the top, you know, 15 percentile for like how much neanderthal is is i don't know i'm like very neanderthal and i'm like this makes so much sense you guys like all i want to do is just kind of like charge around like killing things and eating them it just makes so much sense um but no i don't i i mean i think anybody that's that's alive in north america right now has a lot of like european you know lineage and i had some like Balkan and like just some some really interesting things, but nothing that really kind of particularly illuminated um, why I have this like stomach of steel, because actually within my immediate family, almost everyone has um, dairy intolerance and also a, a level of gluten intolerance. Like people in my family have a lot of issues with food and I seem to somehow kind of miss them all. It's really odd. It's interesting, isn't it? Do you, do you reckon yeah. the way you exercise and work out has anything to do with it? <sighs> I don't think so. I mean, I don't know. That's a really good question. I don't think so. Um, I've all, cause I've never, I don't remember having any issues with food ever, even before I, um, I exercised the way I did. And when I was eating much worse, but I do think things change as you grow out of like your teenage years and, and things can adjust and change. And, um, and I may have had some, some issues when I was younger that I kind of grew out of. I don't know. Um, but I also know that as I kind of hit like university age and beyond, I became incredibly increasingly more um, adventurous with my eating and trying different things and like expanding my palate a lot. So I don't know if I had eaten that way when I was young, if it would have been different. I don't, I don't know. That's an interesting question. And tell us a bit about the Paleo Magazine radio podcast, because obviously you've been doing that for a while now. Uh, how did you get into it? How's it going? What have been your favorite bits? Yeah, so um, it's a great job. I love it. I uh, It's been almost exactly a year um, that I have been the host. It used to be uh, another guy who worked for Paleo Magazine, Tony Federico, who was the host. So it already existed. And he um, was moving on to another job. And Kane, the editor, um, asked if I'd like to do it. And without hesitation, I said, of course, um, because it's it's a selfish thing. But I love to interview smart people and learn from them. And, you know, as we've said, I like to talk, I like to communicate. That's my background. And I really, really like learning new things and then passing that information on to other people. Um, and I have a lot of freedom in that I get to reach out to people that I think are doing really cool things. Um, so I've had such a like great time with it. I can't wait for the next year. We've got a bunch of cool guests lined up, but um, I've actually just finished writing for the upcoming issue of Paleo Magazine, a big feature on sort of reflecting on the first year of hosting the podcast and nice. some of the like big things that I've learned and, and cool stuff and the cool guests. And I mean, I've had... Laird Hamilton and Gabrielle Reese on the podcast. I've had uh, Mark Sisson. I just had a professional female uh, UFC fighter on the podcast. I had um, Charles Poliquin, who is like one of the mm. world leading strength and conditioning, like, you know, authorities, gurus in the world. Um, I've got um, Kelly Starrett coming up, Ben Greenfield coming up. Um, yeah, I mean, the people that I'm exposed to and the things that I get to, to learn on this podcast are incredible. So I'm learning so much. I, I hope that other people are enjoying it. It seems like people are, um, and it's just it's the best job ever. I love it. 
Nice. Well, it sounds like lots of fun and definitely worth checking out. So, uh, Ashley, people can find out more about the magazine, obviously, at paleomagonline.com. Um, they can find it all over social media, pal- at Paleo Magazine on Facebook, right. on Instagram, and on Twitter. Um, they can also, obviously, go to the website to find the Paleo Magazine radio podcast. Um, but there's also a live event coming up next June. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Yes, yes. We're very excited. You might have to... Um you might have to come and, and uh, get on a long plane ride and come visit. Um, we've got, uh, we've got, it's uh, called Paleo Magazine Expo. It's our first big event that we are doing. It's going to be in Boulder, Colorado in June, on June 23rd and 24th. And it's basically like a two day um, health and wellness expo. We're going to have lots of speakers. We're going to have a big vendor floor with all kinds of people that um, are going to be telling us about their products and the cool things that they have going on. We've got Mark Sisson's going to be there. Laird and Gabby, as I mentioned, are going to be there. We've got a bunch of uh, speakers and fun things that we kind of can't talk about yet. We're going to tease it <laughs> as the show comes up. But I mean, we're having it in an awesome, awesome place. Boulder is like one of the most beautiful places in America. And it, I think it was actually just voted. It was National Geographic. They called it like the happiest city in America because it's just like people there are so healthy like everyone is just hiking and like drinking kombucha and it's like it looks like a great place I've never been there I'm really really excited to go um but people can find out more about that if they want to go um if they want to go and hang out and say hi or if they want to be a vendor you can go to the paleomagazineexpo.com and uh, you'll be able to get your tickets and more information there perfect thank you so much for joining us today Ashley it's been great fun thanks Brett I appreciate it And for everyone else, until next week, join the conversation on Facebook, give us a five-star rating on iTunes, join our newsletter list at thatpaleoshow.com and let's help grow the paleo tribe worldwide. Join us next week on That Paleo Show. This has been a production of thewellnesscouch.com. Check us out on Facebook and join in the conversation on facebook.com forward slash thewellnesscouch. Subscribe to each show on iTunes and check us out on Twitter. The Wellness Couch, streaming wellness into your lives. Whilst the Wellness Couch presenter endeavor to provide accurate and helpful information to their listeners, these podcasts cannot take into account individual circumstances and are not intended to be a substitute for health and medical advice from a qualified health professional. You should always seek the advice of a qualified health professional before acting on any of the information provided by any of the Wellness Couch podcasts.